Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest hey, Andrew. Hello, Edwin. I'm excited on this Thursday of Text Talk to talk about the Sermon on the Mount. And I think we're, we're going to, this is like new, this is historic occasion because, um, I really just want to talk about Matthew six twenty four. <laughs> you want to read that for me? Is it historic? Uh, we will highlight then this very important teaching in the sixth chapter of Matthew. It gets its own discussion. Just one single verse. One verse. That means we have to talk for an extra minute and a half. That sounds like a real problem for or, us. Or you could read it really, really, really slowly. Really slowly. All right, Matthew 6, verse 24. I hope we've built this up enough now. They're like, what could this one verse be that they want to do a whole episode on one verse? Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, we're all ready now. Matthew 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other, you cannot serve God and mammon. Okay, real quick, tell me what mammon is. My understanding of mammon is it's your money and your stuff. It's things, material riches. Um, my so would my house be mammon? I think it would be included in mammon, actually. my car? Actually. Yeah. Clothes? Car? Yes. Computer? Yeah, I believe it's all that. Bank account? Yep. Well, it wouldn't be my bank account. <laughs> that That's just a... A thing that's on a computer that's some somewhere. numbers floating around in <laughs> cyberspace that we all agree they're there. That usually say 0.00. So I mean, we... <laughs> I didn't think I believed in magic, but now I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's why I want to focus on this one verse. This entire sermon is about the kingdom. Right. The kingdom. Being kingdom citizens, being that profile. And it's taken us half the sermon to get to there is... The king. Okay. But I think if we're not careful, we miss it because the word king isn't mentioned. It does say masters, it though. It says master. Master. So smack in the middle of this sermon that is all about the kingdom, it tells us that we can only have one master. It's the idea that when you are a kingdom citizen, you only have one king. Mm-hmm. Who's that king supposed to be? Well, he gives us the choice, doesn't he? He said, you cannot serve God and mammon. So here it is. There's your choice. Is it going to be God or is it going to be all of the material wealth and wonders of life? Is it going to be your money and your stuff? Okay, question. Here, here's a question. Well, I, okay. I, I was going to say, I, we spent some time yesterday talking about the best way to use our our wealth, our, our material blessings, to invest in the things of God, to, to give it away and to help others, what, whatever God would direct us to do with that. And that's how we treasure up treasures in heaven. Mm. Okay. You know that, okay, let me back up to that conversation since you brought it up, and then hopefully I'll remember what I was going to say a minute ago. The, the it, it occurs to me that I only live with this kingdom mentality. I only live with this kingdom financial mentality if I recognize that the cosmos in which I live 
is not just what I see and sense and experience and feel. Mm -hmm. That there is actually something more than what I see. There is the unseen realm. And in that unseen realm, there is spiritual. Mm -hmm. There there are the authorities and powers and rulers and cosmic places. There, you know, there there does exist the prince of Greece and the prince of Medo-Persia and the prince of Israel. And therefore there is the prince of of America and the Prince of Canada. And I don't know exactly what all that means, but I go back to read Daniel and that's the way that's presented in those mm-hmm. prophecies. Right. And we also have God. Mm-hmm. And I recognize that God sends his angels as ministering spirits. And I, I don't know what all that means, but what I do see is there's, there's something that happens. And so for me as a Christian, what I must believe is that when it comes to m- me being taken care of, there's more than just the financial forces of the market. Well, and that's important. You know, we're in a situation right now in our country where there's some concern about inflation and and maybe what's coming down the road there. I can have an attitude of I'm on my own and there is no God. It's really just about trying to get my money and my stuff. I can become very concerned at a scarcity of resources. Oh, no. If I give this away, I won't have enough for me and for mine. I can't be charitable. I can't be generous. I can't be big picture that way. But if I believe there's a God, then actually it's his hand and he will provide. And there's a great security in there. Go ahead and trust him to to do those things with the resources that he has. There will not be a scarcity for his people. He'll provide for us. Have have you ever heard of Psalm 23? I've heard of it. So what? I don't know. I guess a little more than half a year ago, we looked at Psalm 23 and it begins, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not want. You know, when we were talking about Psalm 23, we pointed out that when David wrote that, he wasn't saying, because the Lord is my shepherd, I get everything I ever hoped and dreamed about. My every pleasure, my every whim, my every wish. He's just going to give me everything and I won't want for anything. What he's saying is, what he gives me is enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if I pursue this kingdom mentality and I pray and I seek the kingdom first, and I'm not seeking to, to make sure that I have the food and the clothing and the water, I'm not getting anxious about all that. Instead, I'm seeking the kingdom because I trust God to provide those things. If I get to that day where today I don't have those things, instead of thinking, oh, it didn't work, I think what I'm supposed to think is, oh, well, God's grace is sufficient for me. This must be what I need. That's what I need. And I think that's, I wonder if that's the struggle we have. And, and I, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. I guess tomorrow I wanted to talk about seeking the kingdom first. But as we talk about the king and the contrast of our king being God versus being money, it gets us right into well, that. Well, and it's all one sermon. <laughs> it's all it's, one sermon. It's going there. It's all getting there. That's exactly right. But that issue is pursuing Jesus as king, not pursuing money as king. Okay, here's the question I was I thinking about earlier. That. Yeah. I, I understand that Jesus here makes a contrast between God and money. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no doubt that contrast is here. It fits within the context as he's dealing with anxieties all surrounding money, as he's dealing with the idea of where our treasure is and how we deal with our money. But is there is there a principle here that applies to other things? I guess the question I'm asking mm-hmm. for you, I get it, this is the illustration in this text, but yeah. are there other, and I'm using air quotes, God's, Mm-hmm. That could also be placed in this sentence. You can't serve God and what? Entertainment. Entertainment. Okay. What else? You can't serve God and 
Well, I mean, appetites, I guess would be the way I'd say it. Hmm. You know, when, when I, my appetites, I become my own God. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. And I guess that's really kind of the concept of humanism itself, isn't it? That, I can't serve God and me. And me and make myself God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's um, three. There's three. What about <laughs> uh, fame and influence and power? Though, I, you know, some of like appetites kind of covers a whole lot of things. Well, I, think I guess it does. Maybe we're just digging down on various appetites. Fame, popularity, influence, power, um, food, uh, health. Hey, what about other gods? Uh, okay, okay, just straight up other gods. <laughs> just straight, you know. Zeus, Baal, Allah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some kind of syncretism, you know, that will, will, you know, the world is full of religions and, and there's truth in all of them. You know, we just kind of bring them all together and that makes a religion itself. Ooh, yeah. When people come across and talk about how Buddhism and Hinduism and Islam and Christianity really are all the same. And so we'll just mix and mingle them. Yeah. But we end up bringing in things that are from other gods. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Other okay. gods, you, other you religions. You can't serve Yahweh and Shiva. Exactly. You can't serve Yahweh and Allah. You yeah. can't serve Yahweh and whatever. Yeah. Okay. And, and Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. The way of Jesus is not going to be the way of, of Buddha or the straight way that Muhammad said. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus is the truth. He is yeah. the way, the truth, and the life. Okay. So, yeah. So we do need to bring that in. You know, I often think about here in today's world, oh, we don't have a whole lot of that actual idolatry, but... Actually, we do. There's there's a good bit of that. And, well, it's, I mean, and even greed itself, right? That, that covetousness is idolatry, yeah. according to Ephesians and Colossians. You know, there's some things... Okay, can things that are actually good take on that level of deity in our lives that we're following and pursuing so much that it's become our God? Probably, yeah. I mean, probably we can dedicate ourselves to some type of a cause. Okay. That gets our first and foremost. I mean, maybe it's a, you know, maybe it's a patriotism. Maybe you put your country before, I mean, even God. Maybe, I don't know, maybe people do that with family sometimes. Different uh, challenges. Maybe, you know, maybe a Christian family really gets put to the test because certain family members get involved in some type of sin or error, and it causes a real rift in the families. People are trying to negotiate. I can't put anything before God. I can't even serve family before God. God has to come for first so that my family is proper and, and built right. It is sad to me the number of times that I've seen Christians <clears throat> who believe truth, who, or, or, of course, I'm calling it truth because I, I agreed with them. And I guess I need to honor the fact that maybe they've learned something and they understand better now. But, uh, you know, hey, I, I've seen families where this is what we believe. This is the truth. This is the truth. Until a child who's grown up and decided to do something else. And all of a sudden, their idea of what is truth has changed. Yeah. Uh, it, it's hard. It's, as often as I see that happen, it's hard for me to think that every person who's done that, it's because they've really learned the, the truth for real now, as much as it's been, you know what? Family is everything. Family is everything. My kid is everything. I can't say my child is wrong or sinning. Right. I can't say that. And so they're putting family first. Yeah. So family, which is a good thing, we'll preach sermons on family. We'll talk about how great family it's is. We'll talk about family values. Yeah. But now here family has come up to that place of yeah. God. Mm-hmm. You know, I asked that question and I realized that actually when we talk about, you know, like the New King James says mammon, which makes it sound like a really evil thing. The ESV says money. 
you know, and money is itself not an evil thing. It's no. it's just a tool. Yeah. It can be used for good. It can be used for evil. So really, there's a whole lot of things that are good that we end up elevating to that point above God, above Jesus. Well, that simple word money, I mean, that, that makes me think of First Timothy and about it being a love of money, that it's the root of all kinds of evil. And so if I could take that language here, uh, loving God versus loving money, serving God versus serving money. You know, it's interesting. I've never thought about that statement about love of money in the context of what are, two, what are the two greatest commands? Oh, wow. Yeah. Love, love God, God. Love your neighbor. neighbor. Yeah. And, and so when Money's I, not either one of them. <laughs> money is not either one of those things. So money is a t- tool. It's an instrument that I can use in my love of God sure. and love of neighbor. But when I actually start loving money, mm-hmm. now I've got mm-hmm. problems. Now I've got problems. I, I read somewhere, and I, I, I can't remember. I need to go back and look through these books to see if I can find it. I think it was one of the Kyle Eidelman books where he, he made a statement that has always stuck with me, or someone did. And it's when Jesus says, you can't serve two men masters, the highlight was, look, Jesus isn't giving us a command. Thou shalt not serve two masters. He's not even giving us an instruction. Do not serve two masters. He's not giving us advice. You should not serve two masters. He's actually just stating a fact. It's just an observation. It's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. You you can't have two masters. Master will Mm -hmm. always be one. Otherwise, there's something that always comes out on top. Mm -hmm. There's something that always, that everything else will end up being subject to it. And that's what Jesus is pointing out here. And so, look, you're not going to be able to put God and money on the throne in your heart. One has to be on the throne. And today, let's make it God make it God. Brother, I appreciate that so much. Um, I don't know if you have a... No, no final lead, words. You okay, want to just lead you know in a prayer? What? Yeah. How about you just lead a prayer? Holy God, thank you for being God. We ask you to forgive us because far too often we try to be you. Far too often we kick you off of the throne of our hearts and put money there or fame or power. And the reality is pretty much almost anything that we list, it, it comes down to putting ourselves on the throne because we, we pursue those things because of how they pleasure us, uh, convenience us, benefit us. And we kick you off the throne because sometimes, Father, you ask, well, a lot of times you ask us to do hard things. You're asking us to think eternally instead of just temporarily and momentarily. But Lord, we ask you to be king in our lives. You are king, uh, and if we ignore you, that doesn't change that fact. But we praise you as king. Help us to be servants. Help us to be subjects. May we love you and be devoted to you and despise and hate all other things, all others that would vie for your position. We love you so much, Father. Thank you for loving us first. Through your son Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. 
Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna! Christ is captain of the mighty throne. Now I've heard that text talk is better when you listen to it at one and a quarter speed. <laughs> I agree with that, actually. Because <laughs> you get to the outtakes faster. 